setting up the 18th AFL franchise in a region not familiar with the code was never going to be easy. Strong leadership was going to be required to face the challenges that came along in the early years of growth and transformation. The Leaders podcast speaks with the people who've shaped this club and have helped play key roles the club has grown from not just a men's football team, but to now include an AFL women's side as well as Giants netball. When people speak of a football club, they often think of kicks and handballs, but the Giants have quickly grown to be so much more than that. Welcome to The Leaders. In this episode, award-winning journalist and Giants recruiter Emma Quayle sits down with AFL co-captain Phil Davis, a person quickly building a reputation as one of the competition's best defenders, leaders and most astute analysers of the modern game. Phil Davis, you were 21 years old when you captained the Giants for the first time. Can you believe that, looking back now, that you were that young? Yeah, Emma, it's a bit of a, uh, a strange thing to think about. Uh, I think at the time, I thought I was more capable than I really was. Um, obviously, age is just a number, as they say, especially old people just say that to make themselves feel young. But um, yeah, I look around now and 21 is young. I look at who I was then and I was very young and very very wet behind the ears, as they say. Um, but yeah, what a... Yeah, it's been, a, it's been, what, almost eight years now, going to my eighth year now, and um, hard to believe at 21 I was captain in AFL side, yeah. Yeah, well, you don't know what you don't know, as they say, do you? So you wouldn't have had any real idea what you were in for? Yeah, or- I really had no idea, to be honest. Um, I guess I I think my uh, textbook definition of what leadership was, my understanding was quite good at 21. You know, I'm relatively scholastic in terms of enjoying studying and all that and all those little things. So that sort of stuff came naturally. But um, actually putting it into uh, into work and into fruition with, you know, other people and especially the demographic group was extremely challenging. And um, I was definitely very, very short in the skill set required, but was fortunate to be surrounded by some really good people. It's interesting you say that because I find um, sort of in the recruiting space, talking to some of the kids, it's almost as if... Um, I'm a good leader because I've been told that I am or I, I think mm. I've seen other people do it and I think that I'm similar to them but I'm not exactly sure how to put it into practice. But, um, yeah, thinking it and doing it must be two completely different things. Yeah, it is. I guess from even when I was going through the draft, I think leadership was one of the things that was put on mind. I knew at Adelaide I took a few leadership roles as a young player, um, nothing of significance, um, but, however, always had an ambition when I was at Adelaide to be in the leadership group and uh, probably never said I'd captain the Crows, but, you know, I wanted to be in the leadership position at some point. Um, but, yeah, trying to put into actions a lot harder. I think I understood personally what um, being a professional athlete was and understood how hard that was and the discipline required to do that. And, that, and that's half the battle of being a really good role model for other people to look up. So I guess that was always relatively ingrained for me. Um, however, then the making others better and getting the best out of others was a, a, a challenge that um, has taken me a long time to get better and I'm still working on that. Yeah, okay. Who um, who impressed you, like, in that sense, when you started out at the Crows and you were looking around and, and they still had some pretty big names running around yeah, when you got there? Names, yeah. Who um, Yeah, who were, the, who were the good leaders there and why were they? Um, I guess from a, a global team, um, 
in terms of across the whole playing list and the whole club in general. Um, Neil Craig and Simon Goodwin, coach, coach and captain, were outstanding. Um, I still maintain Simon Goodwin's the best trainer I've ever seen. Um, even at 34, um, he was his appetite and work was just incredible. And also how he, you know, I always felt really close to Simon, even though we were, um, you know, 15 years apart in age and he made a great effort with me and uh, I'm not sure if he was like with everyone but I always felt a really great connection with him but also he cared and he made me feel really safe um, and there's no doubt he's a coach at a very young age in the AFL already. Got Goodwin screaming for it on left half forward and Goodwin's away. Is this the stadia for the Crows? Oh. Goodwin goes for goal. That is a magnificent goal. Coming back down there McMahon camped in front Goodwin. He's through. Nobody between him and the goal, and he kicks it. Uh, and then Neil Craig was fantastic as well. So, but then I was very fortunate to work really close with Ben Rutten. Yep. So Ben was my was my mentor, and he was also in the leadership group. A uh, bit of a different style leader. Um, really controlled the back line, but his one on one stuff with me was um, outstanding in terms of moulding me and, and teaching me things. So I sort of learnt that that side of it. Um, and I was very hungry to learn at that age and um, was pestering him more than most other young players would have. But he was extremely um, generous with his time and also um, everything else, whether it be inviting me over for dinner, etc. So I was pretty fortunate to see you know, two sides, a very hands-on one in, in Ben, but then also you know, Goody, who was able to go across the whole group as well as Craigie. And find a way to connect with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, which is not easy. Did you, when you made the move up to the Giants, was that something that you wanted to do immediately play that sort of role oh no I think I think if I think about um yeah retrospectively I think it was more once it got um bestowed upon me I probably thought about the name rather than so much what was within it because I didn't understand um exactly what it looked like but I'll you know to be offered a captaincy of an AFL club even for it lasted one year would have been an enormously big achievement in my career and also you know a great honour and I, you know, I guess that was probably the first thought a little bit egotistical no doubt but um, you know something that they could never take away from me is that I could have said I captained an AFL club which was pretty cool yeah. uh, but also I also knew that I felt in my threes at Adelaide I'd really learnt what a high performance was. Um, yeah, I'd met some great people at Adelaide, uh, whether it be Charlie Walsh, who coached Australian cycling. You know, I've seen, I saw high performance in a lot of different areas and learnt from a lot of great people. You know, I had McLeod, Edwards, Burton, you name it. I, I played with some all-time greats. Got to rub shoulders. Ben Hart was my backline coach. Mark Rusciuto was on the board. Um, you know, I, I saw it, and uh, one thing I, I think about myself, I'm very studious and I like to learn, and I feel like... At 21, I had a pretty good understanding of what elite professionalism and high performance looked like. And I thought, you know, that's one skill set I could bring is that this is what I think it's about and what I've learned. Yeah, you'd really noticed the things that they were doing, not just let it sort of wash over you as a yeah, lot of kids I, can do, I guess. Yeah, I guess for me, like, I was just really hungry to be as good as I could be. I probably didn't think I was very good, which also helped. I sort of was always one of those guys, you know, I was relatively high in the draft, but yet didn't understand why. So I was hungry and I... And I played 22 games in the sand for my first year. Didn't get a look in the AFL. It was emergency 10, 15 times, um, which also made me hungrier. And, um, yeah, I, just, I was always studying other people and what they did and what habits they had. And we had a very strong culture at Adelaide in terms of 
what it looked like sometimes a bit too rigid and it's you know something that I took away as well but um, I felt coming to Sydney that I could be a really good role model and hopefully teach some of the players because I knew we were going to have a young group um, um, about that side of the game you know the the how to put it into place in terms of you know caressing people and getting the best out of them was a skill set I didn't hadn't really learnt however telling people what's right and wrong I'd probably had a good idea of how that worked because that's what I got taught at Adelaide okay it was just the in-between yeah the in-between but as Leon calls it the grey yep <laughs> okay did you do you, why do you think they asked you to do the job with Cal and, and Luke obviously was it do you think they chose you because of the things you had been exposed to at Adelaide or do you think they saw that you had scope in that you know to just start to see that grey and and to also do the other things that you were yeah, I, well, I think I think at 21, um, my level of leadership was probably greater than some of my peers. Um, not obviously not not in Sydney because we're just moved, but in terms of across. So I think you know they thought one I had a desire to do it, but two I I might have a skill set. Um, I think also it was just slim pickings to be perfectly honest. In terms of you know Scully had no interest in doing it, and then the rest of the group were 18, or the rest of the group were 32, 33. In um, James McDonald, Chad, and Dean, and the like, and um, you know, Wardy was a bit apprehensive to start as well, but you know, he's obviously turned into a fine leader himself. So they must have seen something in both of us, and by sprinting across the three of us, um, they thought maybe the burden would be would be less. Um, no doubt, if I'd done it by myself, it probably would have finished me. But um, yeah, you know, I must admit, you know, I, I give great thanks to, to Luke Power. He did just an enormous amount of work. Not only in taking a fair bit of heat and pressure and all that stuff, but also just mentoring me and and teaching me. And he still mentors me to the day and um, keeps Does in he? contact. Yeah, he's yeah. a terrific guy, and I'm very fortunate to call him a friend. And you know, that first year, um, you know, we, I think I'm not sure what he would say, but I, I sort of learnt by watching Luke and and seeing what happens and being exposed to more meetings and just being more exposed to it and learning that way rather than being a really proactive captain. Yeah, actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything that happened earlier that you had to deal with that, that threw you where you're like, oh, I don't really know what to do here, but I'm just going to uh, see what Luke does or follow my instincts? Or I must admit, because we were so young, most of the issues got dealt by management or, yep. or Luke, to be honest. like we, you know, we didn't have any discussions about having to deal with a player or, or whatever. And I think everyone was dealing with homesickness, so they weren't exactly individual cases. We all sort of got put in the same basket to, to, to work through it. So it wasn't as if... Um, I got put in a position with, you know, these days I get, you know, you talk to a young player and you have to, you know, work with them through, you know, a challenge, whether it be homesickness or performance anxiety or whatever it is, you sort of have become more, while at the start it was like everyone had these issues. So yeah. it was like group sessions and all this and, um, yeah, so I, I can't remember anything specific. I'm sure there probably was, but I lent on Luke and and James McDonald and, and yeah. the older blokes. Yeah. And Mark Williams, he was enormous as well. Throughout. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're all the same age and all had the same mm. dramas early days, really, didn't you? Yeah, it was a crazy set of circumstances. Yeah. Um, if the AFL did it again, I'm not sure if they'd do it exactly the same, but it was yeah. um, it was interesting. It was very 30 blokes, 18 or 19, and then... Wardy, myself, Skulls and Reese as the old people who were 20 to 22. Yeah. <laughs> so it was quite a strange environment, yeah. How did you and Wardy go initially in those early days? You you're different personalities and you obviously have different ways of yeah. doing things, but how did you two work each other out in, yeah. the, in that first year or so? I must admit it helped because we got along so well. Um, really good friends and 
that's one thing that's happened this whole seven or eight years is that we've never really lost the, the highest level of respect for each other. Uh, well, I have definitely for Callan. Um, no matter what our opinions are or what we want to do, we'll always listen. We might at times um, disagree, but in saying that, most of the time we don't. But when we do, it's always civil and um, respectful, which I think makes it really easy. And that's probably why we've been able to do it for so long because, you know, if he asks for help or I ask for help, we're more than happy to do it, happy to help each other or, or whatever it is. So um, I guess at the start, we were sort of learning. So it was kind of um, interesting just to be like, oh, I didn't know that, and he's I didn't know that, blah, 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 and just work through it together. It would have been good. Just even just sitting in those meetings would have been interesting as a oh, as was. a young player. Yeah, you learn a lot of things, a lot of yelling, new swear words, all that stuff. Yeah, and access to info, I guess, that things happening around the club that oh, no most doubt. 20-year-olds are kind of shielded from. Yeah, I guess it pushed me straight into the, the, the area of I had to worry about more than just myself, um, which, you know, is probably one of the biggest steps of turning yourself into a leader is being able to go from my performance whether it be work business sport whatever it is as soon as you can turn that from a I understand who I am what I'm doing what I can contribute and make sure you take care of you and then also worry about others that's your first really big step in becoming a leader yeah so you're kind of doing both at once yeah yeah I guess um you know being a fullback for a side that loses by 20 goals definitely put its challenges to my performance side yep um, that was that was hard, very hard. You think I thought I had an okay year, but then at the end of the year you've had a lot of goals kicked on you, and people are questioning you, and you're sort of like, well, what else do you want me to do? Yeah, <laughs> where do we go from here? Yeah. Um, when did you start to? Oh, what did what did Cal get out of you? Do you think in uh, that first few years, even even longer than that, you guys have been captaining for a long time now. Um, where what did he draw out of you? What qualities did he? bring out or what did he challenge in you with the way that he did things or looked at things yeah well I think he just had a softer touch than I did talk about the grey before that's his area of expertise he's um far more understanding than I am now and also when I was there even more so um yeah he, he just challenged my hard and fast thoughts on things and the fact that I thought things had to be done in a certain way and that's how it'd be done he, he challenged that um and really made me open my eyes to the fact that not everyone's wired the same way. And I sort of, from my time in Adelaide, just thought that's the way it was. This is what's required. And he sort of, yeah, he, he challenged that because he's a bit of a different cat in terms of that. But, you know, obviously he's a fine player and he's tough and courageous and highly skilled. Um, but yet he could do that, but while on the other side not be as diligent and structured yep. as me. So I sort of, you know, not only was he a great example, but he also shone light on other people and... Um, you know, I didn't really understand homesickness all that well because I've just never, got never it, experienced never it. Never experienced it. Yeah. Uh, well, he never really experienced, it, but he sort of could understand it a bit better than I did. So, you know, all those little things that I probably just put in a basket as just should be done. Um, he taught me how to handle that. So there's a right and a wrong, and this is how you do things, Correct. and that's it. Black and white, as Leon yeah. says. This is how it gets yeah. done. That's what I say. Yeah. And was it interesting for you, like, just to go through the years and realise that? Yeah, everybody's different. Everyone will react to something in a different way. And Yeah, well, I think you inherently know that growing up. But, you know, the one thing that's special about being a football club is that we've all got the same purpose. We all want to be premiership players and um, be as good as we can be. And the thing I struggled with, you know, throughout my career was the fact that some people's behaviours didn't match up with that. And for me, it was simple. It was like, just do it yeah. while 
there are actually reasons behind it and you've got to try to unravel those for some players not as easy as others and I guess I came from Adelaide a very structured system where this is how it got done and people just did it um, which you know ended up being a little bit of a I put a bit of a lid on them um, versus you know let people be themselves and do all that um, and, and finding out how to best capitalize on people's assets because if you can, you can be too restrictive you sort of can miss out on the best of them and that's probably something that I'm still working on to this day but just in particular at the start um, had to shine some light on Time for a quick break on the Leaders Podcast to talk about Giants of Business. This exciting new project is part of the Giants commercial program, focusing on making connections and business referrals across the Giants corporate partner network. The Giants have a strong portfolio of blue chip corporate and community partners, with this program making it easier to connect than ever before. Through a range of events and strategic introductions, the Giants of Business program is an opportunity not to be missed. For more information, contact Anthony Butler at The Giants. His details are available in the description of this podcast. Now back to the leaders. What about when you had to start having some tough chats with with players who were not that much younger than you and, and maybe had turned up at the same, same point in time that you had um, when things have happened off-field or whatever, or even on-field? Yeah. How did you go with that? Um... When they your peers. Yeah, uh, I guess tough conversations haven't bothered me too much throughout my career. It's probably something that I've handled and I probably got better at delivering them. I used to be of the belief just giving the information and no matter I, – I, I've always been of the belief that people have different levels of maturity. However, most people will reflect on if you, if you are correct or doing that, what's in their best interest, they'll always reflect on it later and be like, oh, I understand why. In the moment, they might – be upset or angry or, or whatever it is and that's just a natural reaction because people generally don't do something wrong if they think it's wrong yeah i always try to tell that to people like if someone gives you feedback and you're instantly angry it's because you don't think you're doing something wrong which is the better way to be people that just accept it generally know that they're doing something wrong because it's not a shock to them so but it's once they can step back and reflect upon themselves and they'll be like oh he's got I still think he's wrong, but I understand why he's done it. Where he's coming from and then, what he meant. Then all of a sudden, um, you know, uh, that was always what I sort of back. And it had some awkward moments, especially, you know, I, I, I was 21, but I also had missed my whole third year by two games with a shoulder. You yep. know, I hadn't exactly established myself as a name. I felt like I was playing really good football before I got injured. And then see so your players that not only are similar in age, but also think they've they've done the same amount of you, which is probably fair enough. That was the hardest. The, the, the egos are always the hardest thing to try to manage in that situation because um, sometimes uh, egos can get in the way of some mature discussions. Um, um, but that was that was one of the challenging things. But overall, um, you know, the, the hard conversations are tricky but necessary for, for success. And I guess for me, I always felt comfortable in that. I've, you know, you always get told, oh, I always got told that, Sometimes in leadership you have to do things that other people don't want to do and, you know, it's easier to be liked than it is to be respected sometimes in that area. So, um, you know, you have to say things that aren't always great but people need to hear it if they're going to get better and that was that always made me sleep a bit better at night but, you know, unfortunately sometimes people can, um, you know, brush you with a certain coat of paint and, and, and not like you for hard conversation or tough conversations but unfortunately it just comes with the territory. It just has to be done sometimes. Mm. Yep, yep. And you're right, if you've got that belief that it's for the right reasons, it's been done in the right way, 
ultimately it'll all be all right, won't it? Yeah, and, and I, I, I was fortunate that early in my career, even at the Giants, I had some pretty firm conversations in my direction where inst- you know, instantly I was like, oh, I don't believe that's right and got my back up. And then you sit back on it for a couple of hours and you go, oh, actually, he's probably right and he's just trying to help me or or whatever it is. So, you know, you're not immune to it no matter who you are. Even now, um, I still get some strong feedback and you think to yourself, oh, bugger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought <laughs> I was right. doing better than that. And, and then you sit back and go, yeah, they're right. Or at least I, and you want to go and probe them a bit further. So... Yeah, it's probably something that uh, it's not. It's not fun. Tough conversations are never fun, um, unless you're a sicko who loves confrontation. I don't think you'd really enjoy it. But you know, I, I really like the thought of helping people, and with that comes sometimes having to tell them they're not quite on the right path. Yeah, have those sorts of chats changed in nature as you've become older and you've got younger teammates? So you've got teammates now who are eighteen, nineteen. Um, yeah, definitely changed. And, yeah. Yeah, enormously. Yep. It's they're much more rounded now than pointed. Okay. Um, and that's just from your experience over yeah, time. Yeah, I just of... noticed that. There's only people say it's funny. Like you're all different types, you know. And it's changed since I've been here. Some people just like it straight away, between the eyes. Don't dilly dally around. Just tell me, and I'm a bit like that. Don't butter me up. I hate being buttered up and then told doing something. I just hate it. Yeah. Um, you know, Aiden calls exactly the same. He will say to me, like, don't do that. Just tell me what I'm doing wrong and let's get going. But other people just, as soon as you do that, it's like a turtle going back in their shell. They're straight in. So across my time, it's definitely softened, and um, which I think is, is, is potentially for the better, for, especially for individuals. And that comes back to the earlier point that you've got to understand what different people are and how you get the best out of them because – you don't want to be yelling at someone that hates it and you don't want to be too soft with someone that doesn't like that either. So, um, But it's definitely changed. I think there's been a greater increase in the need for people to to feel the love um, and really explain to them very, in a great amount of detail why you're saying what, what you're All doing. the whys. Mm. Yeah, maybe that is. It's a yeah, bit of a generational thing. Yeah, Gen Y for why. No, yeah. Millennials now, aren't they? <laughs> millennials. What about Cal? What have you brought out in Cal, do you think? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like nothing, but um, <laughs> oh no, he'll, he'll probably say that um, I've probably given him greater structure in his life. And um, I watch Cal now, and he doesn't put a foot out of place. You know, he's he's disciplined, when, especially when he's training. He's elite. He trains hard all the time. I'm not saying he didn't before, but he's just you know, and he's structured. And um, every now and again, I catch him really worrying about the small things, which is really exciting for me because um, it wasn't an area that he was interested <laughs> yeah. in. So I like to think maybe that's that. Still doesn't love all the small things that I love and hold dearly to myself. But, you know, I think I've, I've maybe helped him with, um, you know, his ability to, to, to chase high performance from everyone. Um, you know, he's always been pretty good with himself. Um, you know, maybe I've even added to that just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, he, he probably values that and, and his effect on having others reach those standards as well I like to think that I've helped him with that yeah yep yeah it must I mean you're the what I read the other day you're the longest serving current AFL captains yeah we must have helped each other somewhere yep yeah because yeah eight years must mean you're getting a bit old too we're definitely getting on but um, fortunately I think I've got a few years left in but it's yep. also <laughs> it also shows that when we started we were young but uh, we've yeah. been able to grow together like the biggest development years in my career were probably 23 to twenty seven 
and we did that together. So, um, yeah, it's been a great yeah, journey. Yeah, you've been through some things together. And it just must be bizarre to look at some of these kids who come in here these days and think, yeah, I was your age when I was captaining. Yeah, well... Captaining this club. I think Jacob Hopper's going to his fourth year. So I was going to my first year as an AFL captain. And um, he's played well over triple the amount of games I'd played. Yeah. So every now and again, I like to remind him that when he complains and whatever I say, well, I was captain at your age, so just get your stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, um, it's crazy to think like that. Like Harry Himmelberg's already older than I was and, and that. And you look then you go, oh, don't know if I'd let them, I'd give them the uh, keys give to the ship. The right. yes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but hey, um, different circumstances. Yeah. Who's next? Like, are you starting to think about that? Who's coming through and who follows on? Because that's, um, that's probably the next step for this team and this club, isn't it? Just who carries on the things that you guys have put in place and and yeah. looked after for all these years? Oh, there's no doubt there's an element of that. It's probably something I've thought about more for the last couple of years, two, three years, probably three years to be exact. Um, you know, you read a lot of things that, you know, leaders make good leaders. So, you know, you always want to be developing people um, and you hopefully one day they can surpass you and, and take the right or when you don't have the energy and effort to keep doing because it's an extremely sapping role. It's very tiring um, that someone is ready to, to take over. And I think we've got a pretty good um, selection coming through. Um, you know, Stephen Keneally and Josh Kelly, both vice-captains and both, you know, turning into fine um, young leaders. Um, Stephen in particular has taken some really big leaps and so has Josh. You know, Josh probably a bit similar to me in the sense that um, he's elite professionalism and high performance drive and whatnot um made him a great role model from the from day one um he's working on a bit being a bit more outspoken and, and that and that's an area he's got to work on but the the basic fundamentals of care and being a high performance person so he, he's gotten spades so and then stevens is becoming more and more well-rounded um, um you know he's a bit cut from a similar cloth to, to wardy um very good at um you know communication and, and those skills and then under that, we've got some, you know, some really good, you know, Adam Tomlinson, um, Jacob Hopper is a, a great young leader. You've got Tim Taranto. So we're, we're really building, um, you know, and you talk about older leaders, I know he's probably not next in line, but Matt DeBoer has been an enormous pickup for us from, from Fremantle. Um, you know, going to his third year, leadership group straight away, um, has a profound effect on the group. Um, just a terrific leader and... One of the all-time great pickups. Really? Showed you some things? Oh, he's very similar to me. That's probably what yeah. I like. And he, he keeps me on edge, which is good. Keeps me um, pushing forward and gives me great um, advice and, um, yeah, challenges me, which is great. Do you find as you get older you start to you start to look for those qualities in teammates as they come through? Like oh, yeah, pick up on yeah. what Josh does well and, yeah, what Yeah, I think so because, you know, one thing I've found myself doing for a few years now is – I'm always looking, I'm always watching, I'm always, you know, bad word, but judging people and, and seeing what they're doing. And, you know, most of the time it's good. You know, most of the time I'm judging people on really good behaviours. Like Josh, you know, I'll be like, and take, and then it's important for me then to pass that on and be like, Josh, I've watched you do this. This is really great. Yep. If you want this, I'd add this. Oh, yeah. You know, I've got a young player like Aiden Core who I think has got an enormous amount of leadership potential. And working so closely with him has been great. I get to see him firsthand, especially in the backline group. Um, and a key back as well that you know yeah I, I find myself watching and looking and be like okay that's good 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 because you know you, you, 
one the one you know not it's not a myth but the strength of the leadership group is important but it's the next crop that's almost more important oh absolutely because once you guys are gone if there's nothing there then all the work you've done is yeah well, especially what does you know, it for mean? us you know as we're getting older people are getting younger you're trying to connect across the whole group because you, know, you look at our group our first second third and fourth years this year will be so important with how far we go this year so being able to connect with them and, and get them on the right page and them doing the right things is so important and so as a leadership group yeah we can connect with them but sometimes their peers are more powerful yep and you know we need that depth of leadership to be able to touch that group and get the best performance and that's that sort of shows you that you can never know everything too, can't, isn't it? Oh, I, I know very little that yeah. goes on sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's fascinating. You get to a leadership group meeting sometimes. You go, this has happened. I'm like, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. And you try <laughs> to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. Together and yeah, figure it out. Do you read much about leadership, or you just follow your own? No, I, I try to get as many up. quotes and books as pop. Reading Culture yep. Code at the moment. Um, you know, did Legacy. I've done a few books. Yeah. Um, about to read Captain Class once I finish. This book, no, I find it fascinating and, and most of it is stuff that I've heard before. Yeah. But it's sometimes the specific examples or even just a reminder that's the most important thing for me is that you think you've, you know, many times like, oh, that's a good idea, I'll do it, do it, do it. Two weeks later, it's out of your mind. Sometimes you just need a little trigger. Yeah. To be like, oh, yeah, that's right, I want to do that. Because um, always my view on leadership is that everyone has got born with a certain amount of innate skills that help with leadership. But fundamentally for me, leadership's about effort. If you're willing to put an effort to help people and make others better and do the right thing yourself, more than likely you can have a profound effect on others. Yeah, everyone will be a bit, little bit different in the way that they do it. But yeah. if that's sort of the, yeah, the reason why everyone's doing it, then you yeah, should get a good Yeah, the ability result. to step out from yourself and then cause it, and be willing to you know, sacrifice other parts of your life and take energy and effort from there and use it for help others. Um, is a really big cornerstone of, of what makes a great leader and that's the shift that you make and you work out and if you're willing to do it, it doesn't matter if you're quiet, loud, um, untidy or whatever it is, you can make it work. Well, that's it, isn't it? Because ultimately uh, you have to be yourself. Yeah, and that, I think authenticity is one of the things that you read in a lot of the books. Is, is yeah, that's really sort important. of a bit of a buzzword yeah, at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah and also you know, being yourself but also being vulnerable is really important these days because... You know, people sometimes think, you know, as a leader, you've got it all sorted when the truth is so distant from that. Um, and you're trying to show people that everyone's got their challenges um, and you're trying to figure them out together because that great, creates the greatest cohesion. Did you do that early on? Or is there a sense early on that you've got to show everyone that you're in control, everything's all right? Uh, I think it's just in my personality a little yeah. bit. Um, and I'm very much a compartmentalizer. So. If I haven't got the answer to something, I'll put it away and I'll work out the answer on my own. Yeah. Um, that's been a, uh, a, a significant part of, um, um, of my development is to be, like, to be okay with showing people, you know, what I'm working on. Because um, it's also good to tell people what you're working on so then they can keep up with you if you sort of lose your track a little Yeah, bit. and you also don't disconnect yourself from them in a way, like... Yeah, and I, one thing is, I, one thing I do know is that there's no one with more flaws than myself. So it's important that other people know that and have had challenges. You know, my first seven or eight years in AFL were extremely challenging from a personal point of view. Yep. In the last few years, have been much better um, in terms of um, injuries and performance. But my first seven or eight years, I had so many injuries and, and then also challenges of changing club and all these things. Oh that yeah, were lots really of things hard. running around your head. That, that was hard, but. It, 
you know, it's important for other people to understand that and, and so that, that you can relate to people because, you know, it's important for me to be able to relate to a Zach Sproul about, you know, how hard it is in the NEFL because, you know, I played a year trying to get in. He's been emergency a few times. I was emergency. You know, it is relatable whether or not in his mind he's thinking, oh, he's just played AFL his whole career. Yeah. You know, I've actually had some similar experiences. Yep. Do you enjoy it? Do you love being, being a captain? Yeah, I love it. Very proud of it. Um, but also it stresses me out. I, get, I lose lots of sleep. I send a lot of late night text messages and emails because I'm thinking about it. It's very consuming, but um, I want to win. I want to make others better. And uh, yeah, that's what inspires me to keep putting in the time and effort. Yeah, excellent. All right. Thanks, Thanks Thank you very Bill. much. Thanks for listening to The Leaders. If you're not already a Giants member, head to membership.gwsgiants.com.au to sign up today. There's a package to suit everyone. And make sure to subscribe to The Leaders so you don't miss next week's episode featuring co-captain Phil Davis.